I'm joined by Kyle Wood, also in Hot Springs. Dude, you're here. In Finally, person. Yeah. Right? Uh, this is definitely the latest I've ever showed up to a practice before. Just taking things pretty easy, pretty laid back. Yeah, only driving like 22 hours in the last three days, you know, no big deal. You just, uh, you could you could be like a trucker if you want. Basically, which would suck. <laughs> um, the Even... You know, the dumb thing about it is that it's not like I'm even going somewhere to go fish. I'm just going to watch people fish. Yeah. Like, yeah, it could be worse, but also, I would, if I'm going to drive that far, I really want to fish at the end of it. Plus, you left really good fishing to come watch. Let's not even talk about that. Kind of tough fishing. Dude, the fishing is so good right now on Champlain. (laughs) Like, I don't under, we're going to, like, dive, we're going to have a full episode for folks uh you know with interviews and with you and i talking about non-fantasy fishing yes, stuff yes, yes. and we're gonna dive into champlain but like I, they didn't catch them for some reason on day three of that open but man i don't know why because <laughs> the fishing was great on champlain like mm-hmm. dude it looked like they were on pace for like a 62 63 pound winning weight going through yeah they were smashing two them. days which like you know for champlain is wicked legit mm-hmm uh, but anyhow, yeah, it was. Gosh, I can't believe I have to not be there. I can't. I can't believe I don't get to go back. Is the thing. I'm not gonna go back up there till, well, Thousand Islands. Yep. And even then, I won't go to Champlain. I'll go to Thousand Islands, which is not bad. But you know. And then I guess uh, Thanksgiving, which Smallmouth will be ready and yep. waiting, and it'll be Kitech time for Jody. <laughs> um. Anyhow. Do you want to talk fantasy fishing for the Forestwood Cup? We probably should. Yeah. We probably should. Because uh, it's happening. Um, on Lake Wachita, like, this is kind of the week. This is the yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, Kyle, you have been here for uh, two days now. You were on the lake today mm-hmm. with uh, Mr. Chad Grigsby. Mm-hmm. And then you were, uh, I guess, kicking around and doing other stuff and doing uh, some interviews and whatnot. So you have the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More I've than been, I do. been kind of sniffing out what's going on. Tell me about it. Well, uh, it's uh, it's Wajita. You know, here's the deal, right? Uh, several of these guys came and pre-practiced. Kurt and I touched on it in the podcast last week how the pre-practice window for a lot of guys was super short because ICAST, some guys had the Costa camp they had to get to. There was the Costa yeah. uh, on Erie. So, uh, But the guys that did come do that really didn't fish. They pretty much just graft around. So... It's kind of like yesterday I felt like there were a lot of guys kind of getting their toes wet. And I think a lot of guys are thankful for four days of practice because of that. You know, I hear that, but uh, Brandon Cobb told me the other day he thought it should be two. Oh, yeah. Cobb (laughs) hates it. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who hate it, though, too, who are going to, like, they kind of already know they're going to fish by the seat of their pants pretty hardcore. Yep. Um, So some of it's just checking out what's going on, and really it seems like you know, it's just normal fishing in the south in the summertime, right? Things are kind of tough. You can get some bites shallow. You can get some bites deep. Um, I did kind of hear some rumblings that the offshore stuff could be real bueno this week. 
Okay, I like that. A lot of reports of guys finding some good brush piles. A lot of guys reports of catching some good fish off of brush piles. Kind of dialing that in a little more. Also, I heard the shallow bite hasn't been uh, too terrible. In the I did that deeper shallow article yeah, yeah, yeah. with Suggs and uh, Chris Darby, the local guide, and they both were like, oh, man, the shallow bite this year has been unreal. However, we think the deep bite is going to start getting really good. So I think that kind of sounds cool, semi-similar. Really good. Well, yeah, yeah. Keep that in mind, folks. We're not talking 20 pounds a day. No, but, I mean, like, you could catch 17, 18 pounds out of... Somebody, I mean, look, there are big fish here. Somebody could catch 20 pounds. For sure. It's unlikely, but... Yeah. But, you know, like, upper teens, definitely in the realm of possibility. And so that's kind of where it's at right now. Uh, as far as the hydrilla goes, or the grass, the milfoil yeah. and hydrilla, uh, they're... It's kind of funny, because some guys think it's not as good as it was in previous trips here. But from, like, Suggs and Darby, they say it's really in good. really good shape and better than it has been before. So I probably trust those guys. I just feel like the dudes that are fishing don't really know what they're talking about. I haven't seen it a whole lot of it. It a lot where they see it, though. Because I remember when I was... It's very spotty across the lake. Yeah, like, when yeah. I was here last time, last time, I guess, what, 2015? Yep. Um, I practiced... I rode with Burge on day one mm-hmm. of practice for that. And... Or maybe not day one, one of the days. And we fished, like, this huge swath of the lake that had literally zero grass in it. Yep. And then we pull into this cove, and it's got, like, hydrilla everywhere that goes up to, like, six inches below the surface, and the whole thing is, like, green. Yep. And gorgeous. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if some of that comes down to just where guys have looked or, I you think know, I think it, that might be a big thing. Definitely, definitely. And it sounds like it's growing out. I think when we were here in 15, there was a lot of hydrilla that was shallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say like eight feet or less. Now it sounds like there's some really good deeper hydrilla, like maybe out to like close to 15, like 10 to 15 like feet. flipping a one ounce or yeah. ounce and a half, like a jig kind of Texas-y situation. Yeah, yeah. Now, from the handful of guys I've talked to that have fished it, like I know JT sampled it yesterday. Um who else? I think Lambert fished it for a while. There were a couple other guys I talked to. It's hard not to like at least fish it a little, right? Because I mean, it's grass. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's been the deal. So, okay. um, you know, like if you're right off the gate when you heard grass and that it's doing pretty good, if you're thinking like, oh man, I gotta have some like flipper guy, well, just pump the brakes. Like just okay. easy there for a minute. We'll uh, give it a few more days because you're right. Like you definitely could find a chunk of a section of the lake that has really good hydrilla and they're maybe just not in it but maybe they're in brush piles really good or something yeah, in now, that section i want that's the thing i want to touch on so when you say that the offshore bite is fixing the fire up or mm-hmm. like could be can you break that down a little bit between uh offshore like schooling offshore fish that are suspended in timber that's a very good point and just straight up brush piles because to me clen davis said something really interesting to me in practice they after around pre-practice mm-hmm. and he said that basically he doesn't think you can win like scott martin won yeah. where you actually just fish brush piles or the way Ramy did so well because he says that every year everybody has gotten better and better at targeting brush piles mm-hmm. and, you know targeting fish in them and not it's not just pros it's the guys who live on the lake yep and that all that pressure adds up and it spreads those fish around and 
you know, you just can't catch them out of isolated brush like you now, like you could then, just because everybody's got the technology. Right, right. Do you, so, like, that would mean you'd need either a diverse game plan or maybe some of these schooling or timbery type options. I think for guys that are doing the offshore stuff, I think you'll definitely have to mix it up. Uh, in terms of like, you always got to be ready for some schoolers, especially this time of year. Yeah, um, you got to have that top water just out and like, yep, ready to fire, ready. Uh, but I think the I think the brush pile thing, I think it will actually be pretty strong. And I was kind of thinking about this the other day, and I think we need maybe another day of practice or two to really kind of get a gauge from guys on it. But Suggs was telling me that there's been like eight big tournaments on Wachita so far since the spawn is how he said it. Mm-hmm. And of those eight, six were one shallow. He said, like, since the buzzbait, uh, like, horny toad on a buzzbait craze, whopper plopper, like, all that stuff, like, he said a lot of guys have gone away from fishing deep, like, the brush pile, the staining timber, stuff like that. And they started just burning banks. Just torching bank. So he's like, you know, it's not really a surprise that they've been catching them that well up there because just more guys are doing it, probably. And these are one-day events, too, right? So you can do that. Now, yeah, yeah, in a yeah. multiple-day event. It, in fact, probably the odds are pretty good that if you've got four guys in You know, if you've got, let's say you've got ten guys who do it in a one-day event and do it all day, one of those ten boats is going to smack them. Yeah, yeah. So it almost kind of sounded like Suggs was kind of hinting at when he was saying that the deep bite was going to start getting really good as, A, just the time of year. He said he needed to get pretty hot, kind of start forcing those fish. We're also kind of... Semi getting towards the fall, and these fish are like sure. Well, on the back end, you know, daylight yeah, starting I, to shorten up and stuff like that. What uh, he was saying water, is water. Like, the water has been going down too every day. They're that's drawing a, water down. You know, that's a big deal. That would theoretically maybe pull some fish off the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Suggs was saying like these fish will start getting out. Like when he won it in the standing timber, like those are areas the fish like to hang out in the fall. A lot. Which the weights were a lot lower then. They were as a side. Like he won that, and the fishing was worse. Yeah. Yeah, but he knew, like, where those fish would like to go in the timber and hang out. Um, So what he was kind of getting at is, well, a lot of that stuff hasn't been hit really this, like, a lot of the brush piles. Like, there's just not as much pressure going on on that stuff out there. That's, like, the opposite of what what Clint Davis said. Yeah. So, and and Chris Darby kind of echoed the same thing. He says he takes his clients out deep because it's easier to get, you know, multiple bites per day. Uh, but, yeah, he said really, like, pressure-wise, it's not as big a thing, at least for the locals around here, when it comes to tournaments. So I wonder if that'll kind of – I wonder if we'll see that truly unfold this week where guys are catching them really good offshore because maybe some of these brush piles hadn't – no one's fished they them in a while. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it's one other – I guess the one thing that sort of lets either of those options play is that there's really no such thing as pressure on Lake Wachita with – 50 some odd boats yeah you know like it's yep. a big enough tournament it's a big enough lake with a small enough field mm-hmm. like they really shouldn't do any damage to them unless they really lean on stuff yeah. you know what i mean and i feel like and even i don't the- think that we're headed toward a the top you know half the top 10 is in the same creek like we saw last right time. right no i think it'll be i think it'll be more spread out for sure um i guess we'll see uh, should we talk about what people we have on our fantasy teams? Yeah. We set these. I set mine a while back. I haven't really thought a whole. I mean, I've thought about it, I guess, a little bit. But I have not. I've not made any updates. I'm not planning on making any updates. I'm not it's rolling very, with my dudes. very rare for you. I said I'm not planning on making any <laughs> updates. I didn't say I won't <laughs> make any updates. 
Uh, you know how that usually rolls for me. I do. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, I can roll through my squad first. I mean, they're they're pretty similar. And the funny thing is we both made these picks with not knowing because uh, sometimes like one of us will pick first and then like I'll flip through and look at who uh, the other pundits pick. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't the case this time. We just kind of seems like there's a lot of us that are on the same page. Uh, I got Brian Thrift, Scott Martin, Cody Meyer, Jeff Gustafson, Brandon Cobb, Michael Neal, Johnny McCombs, and Justin Atkins. Great choices. Well, everybody, put those guys in your team, roll them out, see how they do. Call it good. All right, let me say say who mine are. No. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Uh, Brian Thrift and Scott Martin are extremely obvious choices. Um, on the uh, Fantasy Trends Thrift is at 94% owned. Scott Martin at 84% owned. I feel like both of those guys should be at 100% owned. If yeah. I had to, if if I was, you know, making the picks for guys, that's what I would do. Yeah, and you can't knock, like, both of them have a really good track record here. The they fishing, both have really good track records in the cup. Yeah. The fishing this time of year is perfect for them. It sets up beautifully for them. They both love fishing offshore stuff. Uh, they both can run the bank if need be. They can adapt day to day, which is kind of what you need to do in a cup anyway. Yeah. Um, not that every tournament you don't. The, the one thing, and you know, we say all this stuff, and it's like it's fractions because oh, everyone man. who makes a cup is really good. Yeah. So, well, I say that basically everybody who makes a cup is really good. If you made the cup on the tour, you're definitely really good. Mm-hmm. You know, like there every once in a while weird things happen, but. All in all, yeah, you these pretty guys much, are all sticks. You can't go too wrong. Really, what I wanted to do with my team, uh, especially because it, I picked quite some time ago, um, was I wanted I wanted some guys that have that I feel like are really really good at running out fishing a brush pile and then running up to the bank. You know, like it gets cloudy all of a sudden, they just drop whatever their game plan is, go up and do that. So that's like your thrift, your Martin. Um, even I threw Atkins in there. Uh, I like he's he's just kind of go with the flow type of dude. I just like the repeat potential. I do too. Like it could happen. Oh, definitely. I'm getting like just good vibes on that. And from what I was hearing about the deep bite, of course, like you got to have Cody Meyer because that dude is a finessey son of a gun, and these yeah. fish. Well, Andy, I mean he can he can catch fish so many different ways. Like yeah. he can catch them schooling, dude. If there's a deep grass kind of thing. He could get on that. Yeah. Like, it would not shock me. He's awesome at catching suspended fish. Like, I love me some Cody Meyer. I've got him on yep. my squad. Like, I, if you have to run shallow for this tournament, I guess then I don't love it. Not that he couldn't do that, though, because he's Cody Meyer. He's great. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. Cody Meyer. But he shouldn't have Cody, to do that. People think that Cody Meyer has weaknesses, and he doesn't. He mm-hmm. just has, like, things that are less strong. You know, yeah, and part of like, that is like us as the media, we only like promote certain it, things yeah, about like, him. Well, if you want to talk to somebody about a finesse tactic, you talk to Cody Meyer, right? Because that's what he's great at. If I'm and, gonna talk about flipping a jig, I'll probably talk to Scott Canterbury, yeah, instead of Cody. Whereas, but if you here, let's put it this way if you were going to ask a hundred people, there's probably zero of them who are better at flipping a jig than Cody Meyer in the general population. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you yeah. go to the FLW tour, and it's like, well, actually, we got Scott Canterbury right here. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, all right, continue, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, Gussie's kind of my same thing. Like, Gussie loves clear water. Uh, he likes fish and structure stuff. I just kind of got a feeling that there are nice spotted bass in here, too. 
Gussie does love him. He likes some spotted bass. He does like some spotted bass. So I kind of thought, like, well, I mean, I just, I got a good feeling. Gussie, um, he's kind of like, Brian Thrift really likes it when he can fish areas he knows fish live in, like a brush pile or, you know, this particular ledge or, or what this dock, whatever it is. Gussie, I feel like, does well in that in that situation, too, where, like, in practice, he'll probably find a lot of brush. He might find some deep timber. I could see him. Uh, he's got experience with I that, like, really suspended fish. timber suspendy thing. With, like, because a lot of small mouths up by him chase uh, tulabies and stuff, and they suspend and do weird things. So I could see that kind of carrying over. I just I had a good feeling about Gussie. That's why he's on there. Cobb, obviously, you can't argue with three Cubs, yeah, three no, top tens. I mean, we're, you and I are... Brandon Cobb is approaching, you know, I think he's approach he's approaching Thrift Martin Cup territory where yeah. you just got to have him on your yep. team. Yeah. This time of year is so good for him. Like, he literally loves fishing when it's tough, and yeah. I don't think there's really many guys in the Cup field that enjoy that. It, I mean, look, there's probably some guys from the from Ohio who. Are like, oh, love it. Licking their chops. <laughs> you, man, we could catch 13 pounds a day. Yeah, Let's baby. go, man. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing about Gussie, remember a few years ago, I think he top 10 at Ufala and he was fishing shallow? Mm-hmm. I, I just kind of, I'm not saying he's going to fish shallow in this one, but he's got that too if, if he needs oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's like a Cody in that instance. Like, yeah. I absolutely don't doubt he can. I just kind of liked... Uh, that standing timber. That was a really good point. Like that was probably my sell thing. Is like, man, if that's going, on, I feel like Gussie could yep. could dial in on that. Hundred percent. Um, I guess talk me through with uh, Real Deal and Mister McCombs. So Real Deal is kind of the same as uh, Martin Thrift Atkins. Like good with his electronics, so I don't doubt that he's going to have a hundred brush piles that he feels like he can go catch a fish out of. Yep. Um, but at the same time, he's like, he's pretty good at just kind of feeling things out and going with it. Like he's quietly so consistent on tour and I feel like we don't give him enough credit for it, but he can, uh, like he can catch him a lot of ways. He can. He catches them in Florida in grass. Remember at Norman, he caught him up the river and like yeah inches of water so like I, it wouldn't surprise me if neil on the first day has a good bag and he caught him shallow because the conditions are right for it second day catches one shallow catches some schooling which he's shown in forestwood cup situations that he can crush them when they're schooling granted that was an exceptional thing <laughs> it was pretty wild that was probably probably i'm guessing he will not be pulled down the entirety of this tournament no but even like on murray last year he was kind of doing some of the same thing oh, like yeah. he had some schooling spots you know on murray all the piles he marked, he marked in practice for the other cup on Murray. And they weren't in it then, but they came back and they were in it then. He didn't have to do any extra. He'd already done, done the work. First day of practice, like, I got this. I'm just yeah. going to I'm gonna sleep in every day. Um, so, yeah, I, the versatility with Neil, plus, again, his track record in, in cup situations is uh, – I think there's something to be said about that when you look at guys and how they perform in the cup because it is kind of a big stressful deal. It, it's, it's extra stress. It's extra – You've got to be able to handle it and not get yep. spun out for sure. So I think that's why you see a lot of veteran guys showing up on our pundit picks is because they've been here, they know how to handle it, they know uh, not maybe to read into too much stuff from pre-practice. They know probably even to scrap whatever they learned all the days of practice and start again on day one, depending on conditions. Um, yep. That that's kind of my deal with Neil and then Johnny McCombs. I mean, he's here's the deal: shallow. yeah, if they're biting shallow, 
the dude is probably one of the best at torching water and slinging a buzzbait around. Like that guy, watching him cast a buzzbait is probably one of the most gorgeous things on the planet. It's so effortless, it's so smooth. Not that there's like a lot of really high tech buzzbait casting to be done here right now. It's no. It's mostly just straight ahead. It is. But you get in some of them backs of the pockets where there's a lot of timber and you got to kind of like weasel around and like you can make different casts at different angles. Don't fall out of the boat. Don't fall out of the boat, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Cobb managed to do that last time. Uh, but, yeah, so McCombs, like, he is definitely one of the better shallow water fishermen, in, shallow water power fishermen, I should say. Like, Cox is good up shallow, but there's he, something about McCombs that... Yeah, like, I, 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 I get that. Like, Andy Morgan, really great shallow water fisherman, but is he a guy who's going to go down and fish shallow water with his trawl motor on 100 all day? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that to me, like, you know, there's a little bit of a difference between, like, Cobb and some of those, like, Carolina dudes and Mm -hmm. what Morgan does. I think that, I don't know, I I guess I feel like maybe McCombs is a nice hybrid of that. I I think so. And I just, he hasn't been here for quite some time. He had a really fantastic season. Uh, I I don't know. I just Caught him shallow at St. Clair? Yeah. Like, it's just, that's what the dude does. I mean, one beaver. Yep. Uh, doing that, so I'm just saying, like there are other Heck, shallow last water time guys. He fished a tournament in Arkansas, he won. So true that. You know, obviously similar conditions this time around. <laughs> so he, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just think it could go down, and he is. Uh, I feel like a lot of people still don't really know anything about him. He gets high praises from Andy Morgan, Gerald Swindle, like guys say he's like Everybody the fishiest he's dude. Like the deal, yeah. And uh, so I'm thinking, be, yeah. coming off a good season, I bet we're going to see kind of the Johnny McCombs in his in his stride this week. Uh, so I had to throw him on there, kind of also to help balance out some of that guys I think might do some deep stuff. I needed a couple of guys that I could count on just torch and bank, just and that's Cobb out. and McCombs. I like that. All right, let's see who I picked. Uh, so I took uh, Brian Thrift and Scott Martin and Cody Meyer. Oh, what? Um, Nailed it there. Uh, Then I took Zach Burge. uh, So that's a different person. I like it. (laughs) That Um, is a different person. Then I took Brandon Cobb and Justin Atkins. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, David Dudley and Nick LeBrun. Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, So I guess start me from, we'll just go down the list. Go Burge and then to Dudley and LeBrun. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to think if I had anything different to say about either of those other guys. But I don't really. so, Burge uh, caught him really good here last time. He did. Fish shallow. He did. Um, usually fishes shallow. He uh, likes it. That said, he's like one of those guys who can fish offshore. Mm-hmm. Caught him at, I don't know why I'm thinking about Eufaula a lot, but he <laughs> caught him at Eufaula. Well, he's got a, a lot of brush years. piles yeah. and stuff. That... He, and he fished brush in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, all he did was fish piles, slung a worm. Like, I think that... I think... That he had, he didn't pre-practice for this one, but he's got four days. Yep. Like, I think that there's a a pretty good chance he could do well in this tournament. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And, like, I think he could do well a variety of ways. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be in the schooling game, because I don't don't really quite think he has that level of patience that it can take to, like, wait out schooling fish. But I think as far as whether you're running brush or you're just running bank, I think he's a good guy to have. Oh, yeah. I really like, I really like the birch pick. Oh, one thing 
it's interesting about some of these, oh, a number of these shallow guys, is one thing that differentiates them, like, from dude to dude, is not just, not necessarily their confidence lure up shallow, but, like, I feel like Cobb and Thrift and Birds, like, they're really good at making slight adjustments up shallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's from a walking bait to a plopper to a buzz bait with a skirt or a buzz bait with a toad, like they they may have all those on their deck, and for some reason something will click and that they'll change up and they'll swing into their next pocket and catch a three pounder on yep. a bait they hadn't been thrown all morning. And like I don't know, that kind of decision making is so clutch this time of year. Um, so anyway, I like uh, I like Burge. I hear that. Um, and then David Dudley, like, crushes on Wachita. He does. Um, and I couldn't tell you exactly why. Like, he's good in tough tournaments. Mm-hmm. He's really good at, like, combining finesse and power. He's a really good shallow water fisherman. Yep. Like, I think he's going to do really well in this tournament. Cause just basically because he always does and because he's David Dudley. Yeah, yeah, um, I think. Say no more. And uh, I'm trying to I, – I, I really should read – Joe's, uh, so Joe has like all sorts of uh, David Dudley facts in here. Um, he's fished five FLW Tour events here. He's finished in the top 20 in all five of them, uh, in the top 10 in three of them. Um, that's pretty good. Those are pretty impressive stats. Yeah. So I must say. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm sort of all aboard the Dudley train. I would not argue that at all. Now, Nick LeBrun is where. I made a pick because I was like just kind of wanted to pick a guy, <laughs> and if you look at my team, I've got like thirty bucks left over. So like I put there's a lot of money on left yep. on the table. I'm not I'm not gonna go out and say that you know there are not other people you should pick. I'm not necessarily saying you should pick Nick LeBrun over all these other guys. Yeah, but um, I think he's gonna be pretty well prepared for this tournament. He's putting he's put in his pre practice time for he sure. Definitely has. Um. He definitely, I think, can perform on the big stage. We mm-hmm. saw there might, there's probably was even more pressure on him at the All American, like probably a lot more to be honest than there was here. That's fair. You know, it, close to home. Close to home. Yep. It's kind of a big shot. Like this is, he's not thinking of this as oh it's just gravy, but it to some extent, he maybe even a little bit in the back of his mind, and he's not going to say it, but like fishing the cup is a little bit just gravy. Like, you already won the All-American. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to swing pretty hard. I think that, to me, like, if you just look at his – if you look at his stats, like his body of work, mm-hmm. he can catch him. Oh, yeah. And I don't – he can catch him shallow. He can catch him deep. He can – you know, he can, I'm sure, fish brush and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's 100% like your great offshore deep guy. But, like, they do plenty of that in Texas. Oh, so, yeah. And he fishes plenty of, you know, Rayburn and Toledo Bend type stuff. So, I don't think he's got any huge weakness that lets me say don't pick him. And, man, just talking to him, I just love his mentality. He seems like like a really good dude, but also like a guy who's prepared to make a living at this for a long time. Yeah. So, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pro LeBrun on this one. I really, when he, uh, in 2016, he won... Two BFLs. Yeah. Like, basically, it, well, I and just then he closed went, the tab. 
he went and then he fished the Invitational at Norris because he wanted to like test himself. Yep. And I think he made the top twenty in that one. I believe he did. He like he made the cut and like that was a big thing for him because he wanted to go see like if he could hang. And granted, the level of competition in that in, in those Invitationals was you know iffy. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah, like there were some dudes who they had no business being there, and then there was also James Watson who won the tournament and was like literally the best that you know david williams was in that tournament yeah, actually yep, yep um so like you could see how there was room for him to do well but like he still had to go out and do well and he did well but the winning two cowboy division events in the bfl in the same season on two different lakes because one was on rayburn one was on toledo that to me is pretty impressive because that cowboy division is loaded pretty stout when it comes to dudes yeah. that just straight up crush bass um so that was kind of i guess the early uh inklings to me that nick was a pretty stout hammer so i like the pick i don't think in this one you have to worry necessarily about your salary like in terms of like leaving money on the table and stuff because like the squad you made shoot i'd back it i'd be like heck yeah i'll take that and leave all that money on the table like i don't think just because you spend a lot of money in the cup, it means anything. Cause I mean, shoot, Dudley's like twelve bucks or something, thirteen yeah, bucks. Which it obviously makes sense because that's what his, uh, you know, that was his uh, AOI standing. Yeah, that's his AOI standing. It makes yep. it's reasonable at the same time. Like it's David Dudley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess that's where we're at. I wanna I wanna quick look at the, you know, the fantasy trends and just sort of see if there's anybody who seems like they either aren't getting picked enough or are getting picked too much. Is there anyone in there who you kind of noticed? You're like, you know what? I, I feel like this guy should be owned a little bit more. Brandon Cobb should be owned a little Cobb bit more. Cobb should definitely Dude, be owned. 33%? Are you kidding me, people? Yeah. Get yeah. on that. That is that is insane. Um, Yeah. One guy who I think uh, could have a really good tournament and is due for a really good tournament is Matt Airy. Mm-hmm. He's got all those same schooling, offshore, shallow qualifications. Yep. yep. Um, I don't understand why he hasn't had a really great cup yet showing yet. Uh, his last really good one was Murray, I think, mm-hmm. and even that was like, I think he made the cut. I think he made the top twenty cut a few years ago. Yeah, that. Uh, that was when we were fishing four days. The Canterbury yeah, one. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Canterbury one. <laughs> not the Gagley already yeah, by an ounce. Not the Gagley already. Yeah, it was the Canterbury one. Sorry, Gags. Um, he probably doesn't listen to this, so you're good. Yeah. Also, thank goodness he didn't make the cup because Ohio 100% would have picked him. Oh, yeah. Easily. I, this thing has, this uh, this offshore schooling bite has Gagley already written all over it in my, in my estimation. Um, so, yeah, definitely more you guys need to pick. Brandon Cobb. I, I feel like um, I feel like I could put Atkins on the same boat, like eleven percent. I feel like you know he's young. We don't know. The well, odds are against him winning twice, though. Not even winning, <laughs> though. I'm just saying, like for I a good know, showing, I, yeah. right? Like, I mean, if last year didn't impress you, whew, yeah, man. No, I'm I'm with you, hundred uh, percent on that one. I I definitely I would say though that if you, I can see why you wouldn't. Like, this tournament is not what I would say is in Atkins' wheelhouse. Not that he couldn't do well. And, I mean, you right. got, you and I both picked him. We think he's going to do well because we don't think there's anything he's bad at. Mm-hmm. But, like, if this was on the Tennessee River, we would, it would be a, we would be having a much different 
conversation around Atkins. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's fair. But I mean, like, but dude, dude, he catches them, and yeah. he does. He loves fishing brush. He loves. He is a really good brush angler. He's also a really good grass fisherman. Like, yeah, there's. We've said it a bunch. He should be owned. Yeah, this, like we we both picked him. A hundred percent. Oh no, that's um, Cobb. Sorry. What do yeah. we got? So fifty percent. Hey, if you want oh, to get like a cheap version of Justin Atkins, actually, it might be more expensive. How much does Atkins cost? Uh, thirteen bucks. Okay, if you want to get a more expensive version of Justin <laughs> Atkins that's owned by very few people, Shane LeHue, Joseph Webster, one oh. percent owned. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I look. There's so many guys who are good in this tournament who are who could do well or could do terrible. I kind of like a little Webster in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a schooling. He's pretty good at catching them schooling. Oh yeah. But he's also like he's got the brush thing. He's got he's got a lot of he could do well in this. Derby. He's got patience, and I enjoy that from all yeah. aspects. Whether it's fishing brush, whether it's schooling fish, like I feel like he uh, he stays pretty cool and calm. You know, like some guys will get spun out. Like it might be one o'clock. They have one keeper. Guys start running all over the place. Have you? Have we ever seen him not cool and calm? He's always smiling. He's yeah. always just kind of doing his thing. I I agree. I think Webster would be a good take. I mean, he's only fifteen bucks too. One percent own. I yeah. think that could be um, up like Atkins level own. Sheldon Collings is one percent owned. Ooh. He's eight bucks. He's. I'm sure he's coming practice. And pre-practiced on the lake. He's not from super far away. Mm-hmm. He, to me, I think this is. I don't want to say like this is exactly his tournament because his exact tournament will be on Grand Lake. Yep. But I think he's got the a really good skill set for this one. Agreed. I also think in the zero percent owned thing, I feel like Braxton Setzer uh, could be a good take. Now the problem we get into is some of these guys they're all like sort of the same price, so you know why one or the other but if you're a Braxton Setzer fan don't be afraid to pick him because the dude like he's pretty good at uh, his electronics he's also like kind of the same thing like he he can catch him shallow he yeah. can catch him in grass I like me some Wes Logan I was, that was <laughs> I'm going down the list we're going down the list and you know we think Can- I, like people think Canterbury is going to catch him in this tournament Wes you Logan. think Canterbury is going to catch him Wes Logan might catch him too yeah because he, dude, he's a really good fisherman. Mm-hmm. He's a really good shallow water fisherman. Mm-hmm. He can put a buzz bait or a jig in his hand, especially a jig, actually. Oh, like, yeah. really a jig, which is probably actually not the lure for this tournament. But I think he's going to, I think, I mean, I think he could do well. Oh, I 100% um, agree. Also, I don't know if you saw, Austin Wilson caught a big one today. Dude, right? Put it on Instagram. Uh, maybe he caught two, but I think it was the same fish both times in the video. Ah. Um. Austin Wilson is the TBF national champion. Yes. Um, seems like a pretty cool dude. Was catching steelhead or salmon or something last week, which was awesome. Yeah. I love his Instagram. He's like one of my new favorite follows. Anyway. He's a cool dude. He's uh, five bucks. Like, I'm not saying for sure he's the man, but he might be. <laughs> That's so, a good, good vote of confidence. I'm just saying, I like, I want Austin Wilson to do well solely so I have an excuse to like, you know, if he'd win this thing and I could go out to California and do some kind of profile with him and maybe fish all these various places he fishes, I think that would be good. That's fair. That's, That's just fair. what I'm saying. Uh, I, I have to give a shout-out, and I do think he will do well. I If I was going to make my own fancy fishing team, I'd put him on there. i put Chad Foster on there. You because just put 
eight Chad Fosters. It'd be Gussie, the Johnstons. No, I'm just kidding. I can't. I can't give all the Northern love. Austin Felix. Uh, but for real though, Chad Foster. Say you load up on guys and you're looking in that five dollar range. Chad Foster, pretty pretty good hammer. Uh, you may be like, oh, where where did he come from? He qualified through the Costa series last year uh, down at Kentucky Lake. Dude's really good at like pretty much just going to get five bites a day, which is kind of like the mindset you need to be in. Um, I'm just saying, don't be surprised, Jody, if old Chad Foster's fishing on the final day because that dude straight crushes. Okay. When I uh, last watched Chad Foster fish, he caught no fish the entire day, I think. You know who else didn't really catch any fish that tournament? Brian Thrift. Yes. <laughs> so that point isn't valid. <laughs> uh, that's fair. <laughs> hey, his co-angler crushed him, though, that last day. He caught a big one. That's, that's right. Um, actually, I, you know what, I'm not going to do it because I have a uh, poor memory. I'm just looking up Tim Fox. I want to see if he's fished here before because he fishes like the Mississippi division, and Mississippi's not that far away from Arkansas. He hasn't fished here before. In case you're wondering. <laughs> um, I do like Tim Fox, though. He's a cool dude. Tim Fox is pretty chill. Hey, he's fished a bunch of BFLs on... Wait, the Columbus Pool. That's Columbus, Mississippi. That's not Ohio, the Ohio River. No, no. Oh, yeah, look. It took 17 pounds to win. <laughs> yeah, that's not the Ohio River. <laughs> Sorry, Ohio River people. <sighs> look... They listen to the show. They know they're going to get burned. <laughs> They've been here long enough. Um, if you're new here, we hate on the Ohio River a lot. It's just not so easy. It's, it's a grind all the time. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There's not anybody. I mean, the thing is, there's like you're probably five guys who really, maybe not even five. There's like two guys who really everybody should probably pick. And then there's just a pile of good options. Three guys, maybe, because we're you and I are kind of including Cobb in that Thrift and Martin range. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's three guys, and then like a whole ton of guys who are really good fishermen. So there you have it. I mean, who has recently had babies right now? We've got uh, Corey Johnston. Yep. Brandon McMillan. Yep. Uh, Matt Steffen. Is there oh, anyone yeah, else? Did, uh, Brian Thrift. Thrift head, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just flipping through the deal here. Like that's... Aerie, not like super recent, but Aerie has two. Okay, but I have no idea when the second one was born. Mm, what about... Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Anyway, if you guys are going to base your teams on that, then there you have it. Which, there's some merit to that. Yeah, it's not, you know, a crazy thing to do. So, I mean, no crazier than using momentum. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about uh, Andy Morgan? He's 50% owned by the pundits. 62% um, owned by the uh, rest of the field. Who do you feel is, like, more correct on that? Oh, man. Is Andy Morgan? He, it's so tough. Hasn't like, really caught him in a cup in a while, though. It has been a minute. 
It has been a minute. And he had like a, he had a pretty decent year. I'm pulling up his uh pulling up his stats here. So he finished 25th and 15. He finished 5th here in 2011. Finished 48th here in 2007. Okay. If we're What time of year was it 2007? August. Okay. Anyhow. Maybe... Wasn't that when Suggs won was 2007? I thought it was 2007. Yeah, 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 yeah. Duh. Um, yeah, that's not great, though. Um, it's not bad. No. I mean, and he's got you... uh, some up and down there. Yeah, really, since 2012 was his last top 10 in a cup. It's just, it's odd. Like, Andy Morgan makes so many top 10s. I know. I, I feel like he, uh, I, I don't know. I, it, like, cause you, the dude is really good at torching water, and you got to do that in a cut. You got to fish new water every day. Yeah. Uh, especially like you know for what he's doing now. The one thing is though, like, he's that old school Tennessee River guy. He can sit out there and soak a worm too, or like fish some of that grass. So there are some other options. I think this time around that he maybe didn't have in previous years. Yeah, that that maybe he's dude, willing to look into him, like, dragging a worm through some grass or something like that. So I'm not hating on Andy Morgan. But I feel like there's some other picks you could make maybe before. Oh, my gosh. I can't, I'm, oh, I can't say dude, 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 I'm not doing it. Dangerous ground I'm not right doing there. it. Andy, I love you. Take me hunting, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, honestly, I'm kind of talking myself into Andy Morgan the more that we talk about him. Because, like, the grass thing has kind of got me interested. Like, if that plays, like, dude, you could, I could totally see Yeah, him. we could. You know, firing that old monster around, uh, dragging it off some edges or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, that could be a thing. Um, I do think though that you know he is really good at fishing shallow and fishing fast, but it seems like so often when we see him do that, he does that with a jig or he does that with a spinner bait. Yeah, there's and like it seems like there's targets he can hit, like yeah. a dock or lay downs stuff like that. And it seems like this time of year, it's a lot less about targets and a lot more about uh, just literally covering water mm-hmm. and having and you know throwing a top water and like moving really fast not just covering water more efficiently than anyone else alive can do yep if that makes sense so like i wonder you know thrift has both of those aspects in his game really strong yeah and i wonder if maybe morgan just that sort of just sheer burn it up on top is not so much his game yeah remember when you took that really artistic photo of him i do what bait was that that he was throwing I think it was a buzz bait. Oh well, there goes the uh, theory then. Or maybe it was a spinner bait. It might have been a spinner bait. Okay. Well, anyway, maybe we'll get some more really artistic photos of Andy Morgan this week. We'll see. Um, if he fishes three days, then uh, almost certainly we will. Almost guaranteed. Yeah. yeah basically, uh, it's a lock pretty much. Because <laughs> you know most of the most photogenic anglers are short, um, but he is quite tall, very photogenic. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, anyhow, I think we uh, pretty much closed that out in style. I think so. We crushed it. Um, FLWFishing.com is your home for all sorts of goodness throughout this week. Um, you can still sign up and play fantasy fishing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's about it. We've got social pretty, media pretty and stuff. But like, If you're listening to this, you, pr- you probably have a handle on social media if you yep. want to. So, we'll just leave Stay it tuned. A couple more days of practice. So there'll be a lot of good stuff on the website that might help yeah. you clue into... Yeah, that's one thing. Like, I would definitely... You know, we're doing this kind of early because we've got timing considerations and whatnot. Yep. 
but there is going to be a ton of practice related coverage so up on much. the site. So if you're like me and you like making last minute tweaks, there are going to be opportunities to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. You can definitely like Thursday morning fire the computer up and uh, watch uh, digest it all. Watch a bunch of videos. Yep. You know, read a bunch a whole, of stuff. Yeah. Get a vibe and just rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So. All right, I like it. Um, let's uh, let's call it a day here, Kyle, and uh, we'll uh, we'll shove off. We'll go to the lake and we'll go talk you know, to guys. Talk, do some more talking. Until next time, see you.